welcome back to all the listeners who managed to tune in for our first show of the Rethink podcast with Rachel Corsi and Erica Timrak. Um, for all the new listeners, welcome also. Um, this week is a rather special week. We have a wonderful guest on the show who I will introduce to you all very soon. Um, first of all, a bit of self-promotion, of course. Um, Erica, lead the way. Our favorite part, dropping our social media handles. Um, you can tweet at me at at etimrak um, with the hashtag rethink. Uh, Corsi? Yep, and you will find me at rachelcorsi14. Uh, wonderful. Okay, well, let's get straight to it. Week two of the Rethink podcast, we have brought in our very own Utah Royals FC assistant coach, Scotty Parkinson. Welcome, Scott. Scotty P. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Of course. For all, yeah, Scott has one of the smoothest voices and accents we have around, so you guys are being blessed with that today, so you're welcome. Yeah, that's the only reason I got a cold in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have to slow that down for the, the listeners, I think. <laughs> okay, well, why don't you give us a brief story of your journey here to the US, to the Royals, a bit about your playing career, maybe? Okay, um, so like I think every, anyone back home in England, you get brought up to, to play, um, and there's no other sports and no other option. Uh, you either play or you get disowned. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah. played all the way through um, and then probably um, first time I got any sense of the US, I actually came to the Dallas Cup probably about 17 or 18 years ago. It's currently going on right now in Texas. Cool. Um, and that was kind of my first sense of like, wow, the facilities, the fields, the, you know, the resources that people pump into it. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to hear about the college scholarships and things like that. Um, I was currently an engineer at the time, so I went back home to continue my studies and keep en- keep doing my job. And a lot of my friends took scholarships out here. Um, probably four or five years later, I went out on a on a holiday to see one of them in Oklahoma, who was in his last year of playing, um, and then got to see actually like a college program. Um, and to me, it looked like they were just professional athletes. Uh, I'd never seen anything like it. Yeah. Um, so I thought. You know, I wouldn't mind to go with this myself. Uh, spoke to the coach there. He offered me a deal. I basically went home, sold my house, sold my car, got a visa, and just flew out six months later. Uh, I think I was probably the oldest college player in the history of US sports. <laughs> You're making it sound very easy, though. Yeah, well, it, it was. It was. It was It was easy for me. Um, the school kind of looked after me. Again, with all the resources, they can give you advice on how to get a visa, what you need to do for all your certificates and things like that to send in. Um, so yeah, um, it, it was pretty simple. I think the biggest thing was like the leap of faith that I had to take, that I was right. just gonna give up everything I'd been working on. Sure. Um, and um, and I, you know, I wasn't a professional. I wasn't really getting paid much at all to play football back home. So I felt like this was an opportunity to maybe have a career in football. Uh, I think I knew I was going to enjoy playing for as long as I could, but this was my chance to maybe not be working 12-hour shifts, uh, programming robots. It was an opportunity to maybe be out on a field for the rest of my life and get paid for it. For sure. Um, So, so yeah, came over here, started coaching at a a high school right off the bat, just as a volunteer, and then kind of took care of all my licenses. Anyone that wanted a, a volunteer coach to do anything, I basically did that for four or five years. Um, and then yeah on one of my licenses uh, I think it was my US Soccer B license I actually met Laura 
Um, and I think no one at the time on the course really knew who she was. Yeah. Well, I've seen it on Sky Sports for years with Arsenal in <laughs> FA Cup final. So my little accent, are you Laura Harvey? Um, I think she wants her to die. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. yeah, I can imagine. She probably just yeah. was so mad yeah, that she I'm, knew somebody yeah, or someone knew her. Yeah. She was constantly just looking at her feet every time I was around, so she didn't want to make eye contact with me. Um, every time she looks up, you're just grinning at her. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like tweeting at her while I'm sat next to her. Oh, um, no. Ultimate fanboy. Yeah, so I to- totally fanboyed out on her. Um, yeah. And then that's kind of where that started. Um, and... After the course, um, we looked at the opportunity of me actually going to Seattle to help her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually drove there from Oklahoma. It took me three days. Um, Very eager. Yeah, oh, eager beaver. Oh. Yeah, full core press by me. Wow. Uh, and then for one reason or another, it didn't quite work out. Um, so seven days later, I drove three days back to Oklahoma um, and went to a university called Roger State where I ended up getting the head women's job. Uh, and I think it was one of them. I kept watching Seattle and Laura. She was watching some of my games, and we just kind of stayed in contact for three years. Um, and then uh, and then the Utah job came up. Uh, I'm not sure if I deserved it or if I was the only one crazy enough to get in a car again and drive all the way here. <laughs> she's still just messing with you. Yeah, <laughs> I Throughout think the it year, was like... Just yeah, give you destinations. Yeah, uh, probably it yeah. was, who do we hire? Is there anyone good enough? And she's like, I know someone dumb enough that'll probably do it. Um, so there you go. That was it. And then the rest is history. It's a really very interesting story. Yeah. But I feel, I feel you're being a little bit modest when you say it was easy to come out here because you are actually... You were pretty good. That I mean... You think I know this and I I want you to tell people about it because I think it's cool. But I think that's probably because I'm British and I understand the football culture back home and how difficult it can be and how competitive it is and ruthless. Yeah. You're from a huge footballing city. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's uh, it's it's a little bit controversial who you played for, right? Yeah. Well, I truly believe that if you play for Everton and you support Everton, then that's kind of the city of Liverpool. I feel like Liverpool is supporters are Irish, Americans, like wherever you're yes. from, you're not this is from. You're next door neighbor. Yeah, exactly. You're not, you're not from the city of Liverpool. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Stephen Gerrard grew up as an Everton fan. Jamie Carragher was an Everton oh, fan. He's calling people out. Um, oh, I love this. Um, Wayne Rooney was an Everton fan. So I think, you know, most of the best players were actually <laughs> raised blue. So what you're trying to say is all the people you've just name dropped, you're... You're in that. You're in that bracket. <laughs> nah. It goes Rooney, Gerard, yeah. Parky. Yeah. Well, yeah. Rooney was at Everton when I played for Everton, and I truly believe now, looking back at it, the entire team that we were on at that youth level was all we were there for Wayne Rooney. Um, and the the scary thing is, at that level, you are only ever going to get one player through a year, maybe yeah. one every few years. Um, so the reality is, the other seventeen players on that squad have to be there, otherwise Wayne Rooney doesn't have a youth team to play on. Right. Um, so basically, Scott Parkinson made Wayne Rooney. Which yeah. Is, you know, you're a centre back, so arguably yeah. you did. You That's boot, it. That's why he's good at skipping tackles because yeah. I used to try and two foot him every day, and he was two years younger than me playing <laughs> up. <laughs> Excellent. Love that. You made it sound very easy to like leave home, leave kind of your job, which was you're an engineer. It's a very secure job. Yeah. I think it takes a lot of balls to do that. And I think you're underplaying that, like to completely leave your comfort zone, leave everything, you know, and move to a foreign country and kind of chase that dream. I think I mean, I admire that. And I think it's 
you completely underplayed that, but that's risky and yeah, I think I don't know. Yeah, it's ter- I remember when I similarly had a a real job as <laughs> probably my mum would prefer it. Refer to us. Um, I remember I didn't actually tell my mum when I made a decision to, I guess, resign. Okay. Is that the word? Um, and I knew I was going to play pro, and I yeah. knew that she would be like, "What on earth has even came across you that you think this is a good idea?" Yeah. And so I remember telling her like a week after I'd already finished. She was like, why are you signing the contract? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had. <laughs> Very I'd, nice. I'd, I'd signed. I was moving. She was like, what are you doing this weekend? I was like, well, I'm packing boxes because <laughs> I'm actually about to drive five hours down to Nottingham because I'm going to change career. And it, it's terrifying. And she still is like, I can't believe you did that. And I can't believe how it's worked out. Right. But to take that first step is yeah. horrible. But great at the same time. Yeah, and I think it comes back to what you said. Like I live in a huge footballing city, yeah. And the opportunity that there's a possibility that I can one day pay a mortgage or raise a family sure. through the finances of football is just like a dream. That's the dream. For so sure. it, it, for me, yet yeah, it was a risk, and it did take a lot. And I think a load of people were like, "What is he doing? Yeah, like too old for this. Like got too much of a career here and got everything going." But for me, that slither of hope that I could do it. Uh, and I believed in myself. I, I knew I would For sure. end up making money in football. I just didn't know what level or where it would be. Um, so I think that was it. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So what were some of the rumors you've heard about America before moving here? And did they live up to it? Like, I mean... Everyone says that America is the best country to live in. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Only Americans say that. That's so not true. Um, People come to America to like chase their dreams. It's what it's known for. Mm. Am I completely wrong on this? No, but I think like... I, when I remember growing up, the only real interaction or like what I would see of America would be through films. And every film was either New York City or Los Angeles. So when I landed in Oklahoma, right. it was not what I expected. For sure. I'm like, this is not what I've seen before. Um, now, the people were nice, and it felt like America, yeah. but it was definitely like a real America. Yeah. Um, I think I always say 8 Mile, the Eminem film, yeah. is like, there's so many parts of America that's that's like that, but you actually don't see it until you're here. Yeah. I'm from Detroit. My Both my parents grew up on 8 Mile. Yeah. Yeah, and people don't realize wow. that. Yeah. That's why you're such a good rapper. <laughs> <laughs> I set myself up. It all makes sense. <laughs> it all makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, no, it is hard. It is hard, and it is very different. I was the same before. I'd been to Florida to go to Disneyland, and <laughs> I'd been to New York and walked down Fifth Avenue a hundred times. Yeah. So, you know, when I arrived in that little SeaTac <laughs> runway <laughs> was fairly overwhelming but there we go yeah um what would you say that your biggest challenge about living abroad is oh good question who uh i would say probably um probably missing family and kind of missing out on stuff back yeah. home um i feel it's quite simple and easy for me to live in america um i feel like 
Um, I kind of got a second chance at life out here, whether that was handling finances, being a good person, being really professional. I think I learned loads of mistakes back home. So out here, I've probably been as close to the best version of myself I can be compared to how I was as a young professional back home. So I feel like America's been quite easy for me. The one thing that's hard is missing out on, you know, my sisters having kids. Um, you know, if anything's going on back home that I wish I could be around for. Yeah. That's probably the hardest challenge is just the distance and, and the time zones and things like that. For sure. And people don't realize that, like, if you're on the East Coast, yeah, a flight to London, for instance, isn't terrible. But mm-hmm. flying from West Coast to England is a whole other animal. Yeah. And I think it's, like, that much farther away. Yeah. Like, I call me family on the way to the riots every morning-ish. Yeah. Because I know I've got seven hours on them. So if sure. I'm going in at seven... Um, I know they're going to be up and active. The minute I'm done with work at three or four o'clock. Yes, bedtime. Bedtime. Yeah, yeah. Um, so For I only sure. get a short window. Um, so so that's challenging. Both of you are foreigners in this country. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's easier to kind of transition when English is the common language and the first language. Um, but I lived in Germany for a bit and it was tough, to be honest, adjusting at first with me not knowing a lick of German when I got over there. Right. Um, nine. Nine. <laughs> yeah. And I really wanted to immerse myself in the culture as much as I could. So I, you know, tried to eat as much vino schnitzel <laughs> and <laughs> vice beer as I could. <laughs> I wonder where you're going there. I like, I got there and just ate sausages oh. for every meal. Yeah. And now I'm vegan. <laughs> That's my diet right now, actually. Wiener schnitzel. <laughs> yeah. You're in the wrong country, Scott. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I remember we, so I played for Bayern Munich and it was, whoop, shout out, big time. Okay. School. 2013. So it was like their dream team, like Robin, Ribery, uh, Neuer, Pep was coaching. Like oh, it wow. was, oh, yeah. Um, did you meet him? Pep? I didn't meet Pep, but like we oh, were in the same room many times. I love that. I breathed the same air as <laughs> Okay. You made it weird. <laughs> Typical. Um, and I remember uh, Schweinsteiger played there, and I just I had this really creepy crush on him, like very creepy. That's, I mean, a crush itself isn't creepy, but I don't know. Maybe you taking it to weird places. <laughs> Let's not go into. I would that, just but. always make con- eye contact with him, like in the cafeteria, and I'd be like, "There's more to this." You know that you you know that in German you can say hello, and that like translates fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so I was there for a couple weeks, and I'd see him, and like. I'd make eye contact, and in my head, I'm like, oh, I, I wonder if he, like, you know, in his head is like, oh, I make eye contact with this cute American girl. <laughs> wow, well, um, calling yourself cute as well. And so one day, I'm at the espresso machine, and I turn around, and he's, like, right there. And I was like, oh, okay, here's my chance. <laughs> and I'm, ner- I, I'm nervous for what's about to be I'm here. sweating right now. <laughs> Reliving it is very, uh, yeah, it's emotionally draining. <laughs> Just for um, context for the listeners, she's swaying hard <laughs> in her chair. Yeah. Okay. So I turn around and I'm like, oh man, this is this is my shot. So I was like, ah, oh, Bashi and Sevos, which is like Bavarian for like, hey, how's it going? And he's like, ah, oh. and I think he knew I was American by just. I'm my- sure because I'm <laughs> sure your accent didn't sound like you came from like yeah. South yeah. Germany. Yeah. And uh, he's like, ah, Mädel, Sevos, da sprechen Sie Deutsch. And I was like, yeah, yeah, genau. <laughs> and 
he starts going off in German and I'm like, I don't speak German. I don't know why I said that, but I was like so wrapped up in this moment. And I was like, this is our moment. Like, I just have to go with it. So you, he asked you, do you speak German? In German. And I said, and yeah, you of said course. Yes. I said, yes, of course. What came over you? I don't know. And then he goes off and he's talking and like, I don't know anything he's saying. And then I'm even like engaging, like with like, I'm nodding and like, just like really engaged in what he's saying in German and then he stops and like looks at me to reply and I was just like um so I actually don't don't speak German (laughs) and he looks at me and then there there was no like laughter from him and so I just walked away and I never spoke to him again the, yeah, I it's mean, the German way. He's, <laughs> that efficient. He's yeah. probably gone. You've just wasted me time. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> One off. life and you're done. <laughs> That's 100 it. And oh man, I was I was scarred. I didn't actually eat in the cafeteria for weeks after that. <laughs> and every time I'd like walk in, head to the ground, wouldn't make eye contact with anyone. Yeah, it was brutal. But I wanted to like be able to like speak German and have a conversation with them so right. bad that I convinced myself that I spoke German. <laughs> What that do you is... do for love, man? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, great story. Yeah, I, I I can't compete with that for sure. Okay, Scotty, you got anything? I think mine is uh, probably. I remember first coming over here. Uh, I was on a plane. There was a load of snow. I came in like Jan. Uh, I think it was actually Boxing Day, so December twenty sixth. Okay. Loads of snow in England. Loads in America. Um, and there was a family on the plane. I think it was from Chicago to Oklahoma. And uh, everyone on the plane was panicking that, that we may have to land somewhere different or their friends and family couldn't pick them up. So anyway, this this family asked me what I was doing. You know, did I have a ride? Um, picked up on my accent. So when intrigued by me, asked me my story. Um, and randomly said, well, if no one picks you up, you can come with us and you can, you know, sleep on our couch, whatever you need. And from where I'm from, it's like you don't do that no like i'm thinking what is going on here like this is random like back home like loyalty is everything and people are tight but it's like your family or your close-knit friends not like a stranger everyone outside of that you just don't trust like you lock your car door you lock your house if it's not nailed down like it's getting taken and i'm thinking what is going on yeah. Like, this is random for yeah. me. Like, I'm almost uncomfortable. Right. Like, this is like what you'd see in a movie. Like, what's your end like, game here? Yeah, like, yeah. A, this is crazy strange. Um. So anyway, I spend a couple of weeks there, and everyone's the same. Everyone's being real nice. They'll give you anything. Um. So we go out for our first beer as a college player, uh, and we're in, like, a rodeo type of bar. Like, nothing I've ever seen. Um, and there's me thinking, well, everyone's just giving me whatever they want. Everyone's like, you can have anything. It must be the accents. So we're on the dance floor dancing. Oh, no. And I take a cowboy <laughs> hat off a cowboy Oof. and put it on my own head. And I'm thinking, well, he's going to be cool with that. Like, everyone else has offered me to, like, stay in their houses or take their... <laughs> yeah, if what's you want, a hat? Yeah, what's a hat? A, what's what's right. a hat? Like, everyone's offered me their cars. They've offered me everything. Yeah. Didn't go down well. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was like what you'd see in a film, like, the place emptied. Are you um, kidding me? Telling you, cowboy went nuts, went and got his friends. So basically, <laughs> you've got a team of twenty-one foreign soccer players in Oklahoma in a in a rodeo bar, oh, and then probably fifty cowboys came after us. Um, so was there a fight? No, but it, it, we we probably ran because we were like, <laughs> we're not getting involved in this stuff. Yeah. So it's probably for me, it was a quick. Uh, quick learning lesson that yes everyone's nice here yes everyone's good but kind of 
you know, don't push your boundaries. Uh, you're going to upset some people if you're going to be an idiot like that. So, so yeah, that was probably my first one where I went, wow, okay, these people mean business if you if you cross the line. In all fairness, <laughs> though, like, I totally get where you're coming from. Like, someone offers, a complete stranger offers, like, hey, you can stay on my couch, no problem. Right. Why wouldn't I be able to take your hat off and put it on my head? Cowboys are a little bit different yeah. of a breed, which is, like, a social cue that, like, you wouldn't really understand unless you've experience it firsthand which yeah you did and you will never yeah i feel like it's really hard to relate to that too because to me this is going to sound so ignorant which you know keeping to the theme of week theme one. of the week yeah <laughs> <laughs> ignorant like back home like cowboys are just like they're in films but it's like they're not they're real. in old films like you don't and then there's certain parts of america where there's a lot of them and it's like yeah very very serious like it's real but for us it's it's like make so believe, unusual. yeah, yeah, for sure. You just never seen it, so you're like, wow, this is fun, like cowboy. And like the only time <laughs> I'd ever seen a cowboy hat in the concept of like a bar or a club would be like if someone was like dressing up like fancy dress Halloween. or Halloween. Halloween. Exactly. And then if you take the cowboy hat off, they're probably buzzing that you've like interacted with them. And <laughs> yeah. so for me, it was like I just got this one wrong. Yeah. Like yeah. cowboy hat on a cowboy is probably a pretty serious deal. Like don't touch me hat. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so uh, quick, quick learning lesson. There you go. Not to uh, not to mess around with everyone. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I have one more story, kind of about my American ignorance, which wow, yeah. Um, if the last story wasn't that, then this is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my other story, like I was trying so hard to fit in with the German culture. You're right. Um, so I lived in Melbourne, Australia, for a bit. And I, hold on there. Hold on there. This cracks. This is what cracks me up. So I was just in Australia, and like people from Australia, when they say Melbourne, it sounds like Melbourne. Melbourne, yeah. But we can't say it like that because that's not how we say it. Sure. So, so it I would sounds say, weird when you say it like. That. I know, but I would say Melbourne, and you have no idea how much shit I would get from people. Oh my god, <sighs> Melbourne! Like it, and there's actually a city in Florida called Melbourne, and spelled when I, the same way. Spelled the same way. Yeah, but exactly. it sounds so weird. But, and so Melbourne. probably a month after getting over there, I quickly learned, like, I can't say Melbourne here. Like, I have to try and, I don't know, fit in, I guess, as much as I can. So I say Melbourne. And, like, okay, now that, that... I'm actually going to let that go then if you're trying to fit in. Because yeah, and I want to, like, respect... Americans don't do that. Yeah, well, I'm trying to not be ignorant. Proud of you. Yeah. Okay, continue. So I get over there, uh, and I get to my apartment at night. I have no Wi-Fi, no phone, no car. Um, I'm by myself. And welcome to women's football, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How many girls have said that in the league? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I've I've been in that situation before, so I was like, okay, I need to find a grocery store. Maybe I can pick up like a SIM card there for my phone. So I walk probably a mile um, to a. It's called Woolies. Have you been there? I have. Yeah, it's a kind of a janky grocery store, but I was I was I was cool with it. Yeah, it's same Wool- as Willie's at Woolworths. Woolworths. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. Do that you, pick a mix? It does. Oh. It's, it's, it's like, like, that's like my favorite grocery so store. That's, that was like a, a huge store in the UK and then it... Interesting. I think it went actually... I think it, it went, went bankrupt off. because yeah, of the pick a mix because Probably we would just people, go in and just yeah. eat them without paying it for them. It was like one in the bag, three in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stock market uh, just dropped on them. Three pick a mix. Um, yeah, so I walk to the Woolworths. I get um, just some groceries, probably like five bags worth, and I walk a mile home. And I get home. By and the I'm way, like, nobody gets five bags worth when they're on foot. 
that was mistake. It was aggressive, one. yeah. But like, I was... maybe you could have gone enough for that evening and then come back the okay. next day when someone had a car. <laughs> but never mind, five bags. Yeah, I was, oh man, my organs were eating each other. <laughs> okay. I had to. So I got like five bags worth, lugging them. Um, I get back. I felt like kind of proud, like found a grocery store, was able to do this. Like, cool. Nice. I started unloading and I see that everything's expired. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me like everything i got was expired and i was just like that didn't make you just question it for a little second (laughs) and so i bag everything back up throw it over my shoulder and take my five bags back to woolworth's a mile (laughs) at this point i've walked three miles (laughs) and i walk in and i was like can i speak to a manager and i like sat all my bags on and i'm standing there like clicking my foot on the ground like just furious and the the manager comes out and he's so nice and he's like what like what can I do and I was like I just moved here from America as if he couldn't tell by like my right, you accent. didn't stand out yeah, at all. exactly yeah, you you Tommy you'll figure coats on Scott you can come on every week it's like I just moved here last night and I just walked a mile and I got all my groceries and they're all expired and I don't know how you guys do things in Australia, but this would not happen in America. <laughs> yes. Keep and going. I hope you had so many lines like that. And I was, I usually don't cause a scene like this, but I was, I was jet lagged. I was a little pissed off. And so I was like kind of causing a scene. I was like, you got to stay on your ground. You can't let these Aussies like push you around. So I'm talking, I was like, I want, you know, like, I want you guys to like switch all these out and then I, w- I would like a gift card for like my inconveniences <laughs> i'm going on and on and on and the poor guy is just sitting there like he probably can't even understand me and then he starts looking at like the milk and the things that are expired and he's like um so these are actually aren't expired um in america you oh, guys no. read the expiration date differently than us oh no and so they do it the month and the year switch yeah that's like most i think that's everywhere else in the world but america Thank you for that. <laughs> and yeah, so then four years late with this information. Sorry, friend. Like I think like a single tear like rolled down my cheek and I was just like, oh my god. And I looked him in the eyes and I think I like even like touched his shoulder and I'm like, I am I am so deeply sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And then I put my tail between my legs and I walked a mile home and sat there in embarrassment and shame and I never went back to that Woolies. One, because it's Woolies. And two, because (laughs) he probably told everybody at the store. But that was one of my uh, ignorant moments. In my defense, no one told me that. Right. I mean. But, yeah. So, that I mean, that was it. But there's, yeah, little social cues like that that I wish I had known before going over there. So I didn't make a ass of myself. But, yeah, here we are. I mean, like, that is something that I find very true and typical of my experience in America is that there's an expectation when you come here that you'll just adjust to the culture here mm-hmm. and even like even if totally within context you know what I'm saying I'm like oh finish my water bottle and you'll be walking past you'll be going to put it in the trash and I'm like oh can you put that in the bin for me and you like contextually you know exactly what I mean <laughs> but what's a bin you have to <laughs> right every time it's like the same thing what? with uh what did you just call it fahrenheit and celsius right i'm like wow it's like two degrees outside 
well are you talking in fahrenheit or because <laughs> i'm like i don't I, it's not really two degrees I, i'm just saying it's cold right like <laughs> pick up the fact that it's blizzarding outside right, right. now <laughs> yeah so it makes yeah. me really happy that that happened thank not you not because i want you to be personally embarrassed just because it's learning lesson right. i always think oh, living overseas is the biggest uh way for a person to grow like you learn so much about oh, yourself sure. and you grow so much so i'm very fortunate and happy that I've had experiences like that. Well, this was fun. I think we are going to move on to Word of the Week, Woo-hoo. which is Corsi's favorite. And Scott, you might actually be able to get in on this. Yeah, I wonder if you know what. Okay, so we had a word for last week, um, which I promised everyone I would tell them all what it means. Um, I was going to have a definition up. Not that, I mean, I know the definition, but I wanted the official one, but never mind. I wasn't prepared. Yeah, Apologize. preparation is nothing, so... Yep, here's me doing a terrible job after saying I strive to do a good job at what I'm doing. I would give you a 10% tip on this. (laughs) Anyway, the word last week was blether. Do you know what a blether is? Nope. Wow, see? Blether. You're literally like Is it like black leather? No, someone else thought that. I like that. I'm sure Very John Snow. John Snow. The North remembers. Um, No, it is in fact what I would call a informal chat or catch up with friends having a blather so yeah a blather. an american couldn't say that though why not they just hey do you want to have a blather like it just doesn't work no but it would be more like oh <laughs> no if you were away f- away from your desk say and at work and someone was like oh at my desk at work being right at ryan <laughs> okay <laughs> but your life is not <laughs> a picture of everyone else's life you You're know right. maybe some of the listeners are sitting at a desk right now listening you're right. So if someone, you know, he'd be like, oh, I was just having a blether with so-and-so at the coffee machine. Done. Makes sense. It does make sense, say. yeah. Or I'm going to meet so-and-so for lunch. I'm going to have a blether. Blether. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Hmm? I like it. Probably won't go. use it, but I like it. Okay, well, I'd like you to be a little more optimistic <laughs> than that. Otherwise, what's the point of this My American section? arrogance is, like, shining through right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is where you can be more open-minded and okay. cultured. All right, cool. You... Well, Scott, I've enjoyed our blather together. Yeah, me too. It's excellent. been an excellent blather. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay, let's move on then to this week's word. You ready? Yeah. You haven't heard this one yet. Okay. Um, this week's word is laldi. Laldi? Yeah. You can spell it L-A-L-D-Y or L-A-L-D-I-E. Depends which part of Scotland you're from, I guess. Can you use it in a sentence or is that too obvious? Um... I want you to go out on Saturday and give it laldi against Washington Spirit. Okay. I think that's obvious what it is. Like, give it give it your all, mate. Okay. Well, we'll see what listeners have to say. Scott? Yeah. So, I was actually going to guess that before you said it, but I was thinking more on, like, a night out. Okay. Like, the like boys would hard. say, we're going to go out tonight and get laldi or... Oh, nice. I, nice. I like yeah. that. So, yeah. is this a word that you're going to maybe use? Yeah, like, we're going to go to I'll... a beer bar and get laldi. Okay, yeah. interesting. Well, I do like that. Listeners, at Rachel Corsi 14 or at E. Timrak, um, hashtag rethink. Please let us know if you have any questions or any thoughts from today's podcast. And we'd love to hear what you think the word laldi means. Um, and let us know as well if you want to use the word blether or if you have used the word blether this week or next week or whatever scott it has been a pleasure you have been great loved hearing about your journey 
um, with soccer, with life, with wearing cowboy hats. It's been, yeah, yeah it's been fun. Thanks it's, for it's been loudly. <laughs> a loudy blether. How about that? Mm. All right. We will see you guys next time. And you guys can subscribe to our Rethink podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. And we look forward to the rest of the season. And we can't wait to have so many more blethers. Peace out. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>